0: This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 107. Catherine Hickland on Hypnotic Journeys. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. Welcome back. As always, here we go with session number 107 of the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast. And this week on the program, featuring somebody who I've known about in hypnosis for quite some time, and then by way of attending Anthony Gailey's Corporate Hypnotist Masterclass out at her training center in Las Vegas, finally getting to meet in person. Catherine Hicklin joins me on the program this week. And Catherine is somebody whose journey is one that Uh, I can kind of mirror, though I think she did it with a whole lot more class than I did, as uh, there she was as an actress, uh, spending time actually on television programs such as One Life to Live, and working the Broadway stage in Les Mis, and this incredible career of performance, and then leaving that behind to transition to become the hypnotist. And she's someone who you can hear the passion in her voice. You can hear the dedication to the learning of the process and now spending a ton of time performing shows all around the country. And uh, even so, the aspect that you're going to hear us talk about inside of her journey is that of if you build it, they will come. Uh, So the story of opening up her own training facility at her own home out in Las Vegas and hosting a lot of guest training events such as Anthony Gailey and others as well, and the upcoming Terry Stokes Better Your Best Training that you've probably been seeing some information about online or uh, Terry was on the program last week here. So you can learn more, of course, about Katherine Hickland by heading over to KatherineHickland.com. You can learn more about the upcoming event, the Stage Hypnosis Training with Terry Stokes at TerryStokesLive.com. Though in the meantime, this is an outstanding journey, an outstanding lesson of the passion of helping clients, entertaining audiences, and really breaking down the barriers in terms of what is possible with hypnosis and how it can begin to influence our own lives. So let's jump right in. This is session number 107, Catherine Hickland on Hypnotic Journeys.
1: Okay, so... It's funny you should say the superhero. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen my um I don't know if you've ever seen my my sizzle reel, I guess you would call it, but uh I I I have a superhero element to it. Um I have me come falling from the sky and hitting the ground with my feet and the feet cracking underneath it and I just walk away. And that's my superhero image because I am all about the superhero for me. I have been teaching uh, the concept that we all have an inner superhero, we can all access our inner superhero, it's how do we do it, and which is the reason I love hypnosis so much is because what we're doing, if we're doing stage or if we're doing uh, hypnotherapy, we're training people that they have a mind that they can use so much more to their advantage than they already are, because We don't learn any of these things about the mind, the mind power, the power of the subconscious mind, trance or hypnosis. We don't learn anything ever anywhere about that unless we seek to go somewhere to learn about it. It's not anything we're taught in school. Can you imagine, Jason, if we were taught, uh, instead of like, say, phys ed or, you know, humanities or whatever it is, a class that you can probably do without, if you were taught how (laughs) to use your unbelievable subconscious mind. I mean, if if we could excite the imagination of kids instead of teaching them skills and things that they'll never use or aren't interested in, which is what causes boredom in all of us. So, the inner superhero, the superhero concept to me is it's what I have based my entire career stage and hypnotherapy on. So, it's so funny that you would couch it like that.
0: What I love about that is that We would often learn who the people were in history and what they did, and it's often glossed over as to how they got there and what was the imaginative process, what was the journey to get there. That It's so much more interesting, for example, the story of Thomas Edison. Yes, we can just state the fact, yeah, light bulb, he did that, but so much more interesting to hear the story of his lab assistants thought he was insane because he was clapping and applauding when each iteration didn't work. So so what's that imaginative journey? What's that uh strategy to get there is often so much more interesting.
1: Oh, yes. And 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 really not that much talked about. So, you're so right about that.
0: So then inside of your journey, where did the hypnosis first appear?
1: Well, you know, it's interesting. Um I I remember when The Secret came out, remember when it was like an online thing and you could watch the little secret movie, and I don't remember exactly when that was, but I remember saying, okay, you know, I'm just going to buy this and and see what it's about, and I'm watching it, and as I'm watching it, I'm thinking, wow, I have been living my life like this my whole life, uh, and I didn't even know what I was doing. So some people will call it attraction, some people will call it conjuring, some people will call it all kinds of things, but the law of attraction really is real, and I've been doing that since I was a little girl. Um, I I knew I was going to be an actress when I grew up. I knew without a shadow of a doubt what what kind of acting I was going to be doing. I knew without a shadow of a doubt I was going to be successful at it, and so in my mind, there was nothing anybody could say to me that that would make me think otherwise. And when I was growing up, I I would literally um, take a hairbrush and talk into it as if it was a microphone, and, and I would be on the Merv Griffin show in my imagination, and I would be on on talk shows, and I would be on television. And I was always, this was my child's imagination well into my early teens, I was doing this. And what I was doing was actually attracting that to me. During this time, so even though I knew that there was no doubt in my mind that I was going to have an acting career, that I was going to be successful, I knew what kind of acting career I wanted, I knew a a trick under the T, which is the way it played out. Now, the hypnosis part where that came in was, I guess when I was a very young girl, maybe 11 or 12 or so, I remember watching the Merv Griffin show and all these shows that, of course, my imagination saw me on in the future, and there was... uh, a, a, a lady hypnotist named Pat Collins. Of course, everybody knows who that is. And she was always on these talk shows. And I also saw her in movies, and I saw her in, Well, I began to read about her and, and, and be fascinated by her and fascinated by hypnosis. And I just thought that it was fantastic, you know, that somebody could do this. And, but I didn't think of myself as ever doing this. Um, of course, I was going to be an actress, but when I moved to Los Angeles to begin my acting career, I think I was about 18 years old, and that's when I saw myself moving there, and indeed that is what I did. And when I was there, she was in a, in a, she had her own club on the Sunset Strip, and so I went to see her because I had this little obsession with her from, uh, from my childhood, so I went to see her show. And what I saw I could not believe was real. I mean, I saw it on TV and all that, but when, when I saw it in person, I, it, it it was there was no doubt in my mind you know that it was real. Um, back then she did the catalypsy and it was okay for people to do that back then. Of course <laughs> we're not allowed to do that now because of our insurance. But there were so many things and there were famous people in her show. Lloyd Bridges was in her show and uh, you know I, I, there was no doubt that in my mind that this was real. I also at that moment thought to myself I would really really love to learn how to do this. But it was just a thought that was, like I said, in the back of my mind, which we all know what that means, Mm -hmm. because what I was there in L.A. to do is become an actress and be successful at that, which is what ended up happening to me. But then after 38 years of, um, of my acting career, I began to realize that it was time for me to wind that down. It was very tiring. I was on soap operas, you know, for all those years. I held lead roles on these shows, and I didn't realize that I didn't have a life um, until I was just really burned out. And I lived in New York City, and that was really hard. And I just remember one day putting my hand on the door to go inside ABC Studios, which is where my show, One Life to Live, was. And I just thought, I don't want to do this anymore. It was the same passion that I had getting into that business was the same passion I felt when my hand went on that door. So I realized that I was going to not be doing that much longer because I didn't have the passion for it, and I'm all about the passion. So uh, I started to think in my dressing room that day, but if I don't do this, what would, what would I do? I mean, what would I do that would make me happy, I guess I should say. And then I started thinking about hypnosis. I, it just popped into my mind in the old days and Pat Collins and all that, And so I decided that for the last few years that I was on One Life to Live, that I would study hypnosis. And um, that's what I did. And I didn't tell anybody. (laughs) And then I did my first show in New York City um, towards the end of my acting career in a big, beautiful theater. I put a lot of pressure on myself, which is just the way I am. And and that was it. I, I never looked back. And when I left the show, uh, which coincided almost immediately with the show being canceled after 45 years of being on the air, it was like, wow, this was just meant to be. Again, you know, I it was the law of attraction at work, conjuring, whatever you want to call it. But I loved hypnosis so much, and I love it so much more than I ever thought that I would, that I have never wanted to do anything else since then.
0: I love it. I love it. There's and a theme. I, yeah, and that's what I do. In, yeah, there's a theme inside of that of that turning point And what what really stands out to me that I'd love to chat with you about. There's a moment when I'm teaching a hypnosis class, and whether it's uh, a nurse, whether it's a teacher, whether it's whatever profession, people have that discovery as they're learning hypnosis, that moment of I'm already doing this. So the way that you read The Secret and you went through it and went, I- I've already been doing this for all these years, uh, when you were making that transition and doing that study of hypnosis while transitioning out of the acting career, what were there any elements of I'm already doing this that you were kind of hitting on there?
1: Well, you know, it's interesting because the more I started to study NLP, trance, and hypnosis, I realized that I was already doing that, too, and I had no idea. Um I, I knew how to make people feel relaxed. I knew how to transport people with a story. I knew um, the, the right words to use. I knew how to get people to say yes. I knew a lot of things that I didn't know I already knew. Now, I'm not saying that I I, knew I was already a hypnotist. I'm just saying that there are principles um, you know, behind the art of suggestion and other things that I was already doing. And and again, I thought, oh, I'm home because, like, I felt with my acting career, like I felt with all, I'm home. I already know the principles of this. Now, I just want to be really good. I want to be successful. I am. I. Am, I want to be really, really good at this. I want to be respected at this. And someday, I would like to teach this. I mean, I. I ha- it all was in my mind, and I. I just. Um, and I just do think that. Even when people go to a hypnosis class, because when you study, and, and we're always forever students, anybody that wants to be great at what they do, you know, you never stop learning. And you should never stop learning. You should never stop seeking to be better at what you do, no matter what it is in life. But when I go to certain classes, you know, if I go to somebody's master class, or if I go to someone's regular class, because they have something I think that they can teach me, and... And I look around, and I think, well, how many of these people are actually going to do this? How many of these people are actually going to go out and be a hypnotist, do a show, or open a practice? And then I realized by the end of a really good course that it doesn't really matter how many people are going to do it, because because every person in there is going to walk away with an incredible understanding of their mind that they didn't have before. And maybe they're going to discover that this isn't what they really want to do, but they're so thankful they took this class because it changed their life in another way. Do you know what I mean? By yeah, that? I
0: mean, there's it's it's one of the conversations, and this has popped up here as a hypnosis discussion that I think there's a side of it that you know, I worked for a while in, in in the theater career on the management side, and through that, you know, various conventions you would interact with people on the hypnosis training side. Not everybody attends. A hypnosis training, because they have the goal of becoming a hypnotist. Uh, people come in with different experiences, different goals, different things that they want to pull out of that training experience. And of all things, it's a it's a high school theater conference that I uh, went to that I was actually a speaker at, I think, oh, this is dating back 2003, 2004. And the big keynote speaker, I'm in my early 20s at the time, and I'm laughing to myself because these 15, 16, 17-year-olds didn't know who the keynote speaker was. It was the folk singer Janice Ian. And to hear oh
1: my God. to hear
0: Janice Ian up there, well, first of all, why is she speaking to a group of actors? Well, if I'm remembering the history right, in the early 1980s, uh, she went through acting training with Stella Adler. And... There's a whole story of she turned down The Graduate. I think she's done only a few acting projects over the years, yet she was there as a singer, as a songwriter, going through the most intensive acting training to get in touch with her emotions, to get in touch with what she was living through to become a better songwriter and a better singer, to better connect with the audience. So would you say that she failed that acting training because she never went on to become the professional actor? No, of course not that we, there's different experiences we can pull out of a training experience.
1: That's exactly right. And so whenever, you know, when I see people that, you know, I always let people know, you know, even when I, I, I've taught acting classes before, I would t- teach, even when I was on the shows, I, I would do short um, seminars for people just starting out, you know, cold reading, things like that. And I used to say to people, you know, you may in the course of studying acting realize that you are not you don't have what it takes to be an actor take the rejection you know work this hard give up your life whatever it is that you see but you may discover that you're a writer or you may discover that you want to work behind the scenes maybe a producer maybe none of the above but you're going to love the experience that this gives you you know and how it's going to stretch your mind and imagination. And I feel very much that way about hypnosis as well. I just think, you know, just because someone doesn't go out and do it doesn't mean they're not going to go out and be great at some part of it or use a component of it for some other part of their life. It's a very, that's why I love hypnosis and hypnosis training so much because, you know, I just think it it expands people's imaginations to where they might go. regardless of what that direction is
0: and a great hypnosis trainer who uh sadly did pass away recently jerry kine would tell his students i believe on the last day of his class uh people would often ask what training should i do after this and jerry would say to this group of brand new certified hypnotists, take an acting class If you can't communicate emotion to the unconscious mind, you're not going to get any changes or something of that nature. So then from your perspective, what is it from the acting career that prepared you for the hypnosis career?
1: Well, you know, first of all, I I wasn't really sure I was going to be a stage hypnotist. When I started studying hypnosis, I really thought about having having it as a, a practice because I'm... I'm a, I've always been a, a writer and, you know, I always wrote spiritual writing and I always wrote um, writing that would lift people up out of where they were and t- transport them somewhere else. That's just the kind of writer I am. I'm a, definitely a self-help writer. I'm a spiritual um, leader, writer. I just love this kind of thing. I grew up reading that, so that was my influence. But I think as far as what um, I could take from the acting Part of what I did is that when I when I was studying and I was just talking about being a hypnotherapist all the time, um, one of my teachers said to me, "Are you not going to do this on stage?" And I said, oh, "I don't think so. I think you know I I was very motivated by that, but I, my heart is in the my heart is in in you know helping people." And he said, "Well, you're you would be crazy not to do this because you know I I starred in um, Les Mis on Broadway and you know I did a lot of theater." And in addition to my television work and live performances, I was a singer. Um, I don't use that part of my talent anymore, but I did that a lot. And, and so he said, you know, you already have what it takes to be on a stage. Why wouldn't you take it to the stage? And so that really was what kind of got me into stage per- stage performance with hypnosis. But I, I still love I love my hypnotherapy business as much as I love getting up on a stage and performing. Um, but I, I think that you know the acting for me and the writing for me has always allowed me to paint pictures with my words. And I'm a people person because I'm so used to being an entertainer of some sort. So I think that that really helped me to transition into live performance with it. But I think in the, in the hip, and, and, you know, you use the same things. You're exciting people's imagination with your words and your, and your thoughts and teaching them how to go into their own places with it. So um, I, I think that that's how it helped me the most. But I certainly don't think that anyone needs to have acting experience right. to have <laughs> the love and passion that I have for it. And I think that great teachers... That's what they're for. And Gerald Kine was amazing. I mean, he was one of the best people you could ever learn hypnotherapy from. He was incredible. When he retired, I was so sad because uh, he was just, he was amazing.
0: So then who were your early trainers?
1: Well, when I first got interested in this and started really like looking, 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 I contacted Gil Boyne, um, because I could see his importance in this world. And he was very old by then, but he was so wonderful because he, he spoke to me a lot. Um, at the time I found him, he was in Arizona. And so he was, he was really of great help to me because I was living in New York city. I was still acting, but we spoke a lot. And, um, he he was such a great guide for me. Even though I didn't sit in a classroom with him, we would have these tremendous talks. And he was, oh gosh, I want to say he was in his eighties by then, maybe late seventies. Um, so then, uh, when I went when I went into um, stage, I studied with Mark Savard, who I thought was really great. Um, he really gave me. Something special, you know, because his training was at that time very small and uh, I was able to um, I was able to have a real hands-on experience with him and uh, the fact that he was doing a show every night I would be able to see what, so I would say Mark Savard is the person that really got me up on the stage and um, gave me that confidence to to get up there because I really did have terrible stage fright, even though I was used to being in front of people. I had terrible stage fright, and I had to overcome that to actually be a performing hypnotist, because being an actress, I was used to having a script. I was used to being in control. I knew I had to move over here on this line and over here on that line and pick up this prop at this line, and I knew what the other person was going to say to me, and you know, it was a very controlled environment, and when I moved into hypnosis, it's like you in 30 chairs, or however many chairs you have up there. <laughs> and let's see what and happens. And there's no script. And let's see what happens, and you're at the mercy of, you know, a lot of things. Let's put it that way. Um, that was hard for me. I was scared out of my mind the first time I did it. And um, I'd say for the first year, you know, it was, um, it, you know, I did a lot of shows because I, you know, I would, I started out... Uh, on that show in New York, and that was a four hundred seat theater and After that, I decided I wanted to d- do fairs and break into that market it was it's not the easiest thing in the world to do, but I did break into it, and I did every little crappy fair that would have me because <laughs> I knew that you know a great teacher can give you everything but experience, and so I just swallowed my pride and I dared to fail, you know as justin trans would say you know i just dared to fail and so you know after uh after a, about a year you know it just became like my second skin and i and i really i love it i now i there's just not much i i fear at all i mean in fact i can't think of anything that hasn't happened
0: mm-hmm.
1: short of someone dying on my <laughs> stage <laughs> you know what i mean like i, I haven't I have faced just about everything you can face, as I'm sure you probably have as well.
0: Yeah, uh, my thought is always with the fair, I probably haven't, I definitely haven't done as many as you have, though the moment where, okay, and as you hear the sound of the grease pig contest, that just helps you all to relax <laughs> even further and moments and that, of thinking and let me tell you this is what i yeah. left the management career for that's okay <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly and a greased pig that's easy i mean you know there i've had helicopters taking off every five minutes behind my stage and the blades you know the air of the blades the wind blowing through everyone's hair mm-hmm. and i mean you know i i think and i'm talking about also just ab reactions, and you know when you do fairs and I mean now, uh, you know, I, I after all these years, I, I you know, I'm I'm lucky, I'm very fortunate, but I worked my way to this place where I do the fairs that I want to do and and that I, they're big and they're easier for me because you know, I really did every bad situation out there in that market for the first few years. And honestly, there were times I wanted to quit because I thought, god, this isn't fun. This is really hard. Mm-hmm. But it was just because I I really was kind of spoiled. You know, I had had a very good career before this, and I realized that I had dues to pay and that that's what it was, just like in the beginning of my acting career. You just have to pay your dues, and then one day you realize, wow, you know, I could handle just about anything that comes at me, and all this was to teach me how to do that, because you're going to have to learn how to handle things.
0: There's a story that comes from any of these reality competition talent shows where there's sometimes the moment where here's the person who comes out and he's there on stage. He's got a guitar. He's got a band around him and he performs this incredible song and it's this big production and the judges will vote this person through to come back. And oftentimes there's the feedback of, but next time we just want to see you. And it's that moment of being on the stage and maybe there's just a music track behind them and there's no hiding behind the guitar. I, I flashed to um, a friend of mine that I knew by way of odd circumstance, he was the actor in regional theater and then come to find out, oh, you went into the hypnosis too? Okay. How the hell did that happen? And it was him talking about how he he's a guy who like many male actors nowadays would keep himself shaved bald because it was always easier just to throw on a wig. Uh, So his call time was always a lot faster and getting ready was always a lot faster. Just stick the hair on and he was good to go. Um, He'd always be the guy, you know, putting on the makeup, putting on the costume. And just his phrase was, I'd have to hide behind that. And the first time doing a stage hypnosis show really is that, it really is that jumping, you know, throw them to the wolves moment. And he described that moment of going, oh, dear. There's the audience, and I'm looking at them. Oh, that's new. Yes.
1: <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's just, it's very true, because when you're on a stage as an actor, you don't see past the second row of that. And, right, and you're you not know, supposed to oh, look at the audience, but, depending uh, on the play. It's, it's a thrilling, daunting, it's all good, you know what I mean? Like It's, it's, it's an incredible thing, and the first time you do a show, you... You know, you just all you're doing is praying that someone gets hypnotized, right? And that you can remember what to do with them. I mean, it is daunting the first time you do a show, but it's also goes so much better most of the time than you ever think it's going to. Mm. And it's such a thrill, and it's like an addiction. And it's it's a stage hypnosis is just. It's a really awesome thing to do, and I I love it so much. But uh, again, I also love sitting in a room and
0: yeah, that's where I wanted to bring helping it back someone to. change what, their
1: life. Is
0: there a story of working with somebody on the on the change side that really solidified that this is the direction you wanted to go?
1: Oh yes, oh definitely. I mean, I I love when I work. Um, let's see, i you know there there was a um, person who um god there's so many and i'm trying to think of my favorite but um this is my favorite i think uh so there was a producer in um hollywood who was now uh, probably at the time 51 years old and when he was i'm gonna say 14 when he was in 13, 14, maybe that age, he was in school, and somebody read his palm and told him he was going to die of a heart attack when he was 52. So, of course, you know, this was in the back of his mind, as we talk about. In the back of your mind is where everything is stored, and sure enough, when he started creeping up in his 40s, it came back to the forefront of his mind, and he started to have incredible fears about this because it just haunted him even though he didn't think about it through his 20s through his 30s in late 40s bam came off the hard drive right into his conscious mind and so his he started to get very very bad anxiety over this and the closer he got to 50 it got really worse so at 51 he called me and um I said, absolutely, I had him come to Las Vegas because I couldn't, I, I live in Las Vegas, and I couldn't leave, so he came to Las Vegas, and it was really fascinating because he didn't really, really remember a lot of the details of that day that, that, that when he was a young boy, and when this was told to him that he was going to die of a heart attack at 52, when someone read his palm, so when I regressed him back to that time, um, you know, he, he was in vivid memory of the room, of the people who were there, of what he was wearing, what everyone else was wearing. Every little detail that uh, I asked of him, he had the answer to. He was fantastic. He was a fantastic, um, I, I still use the word subject, but he was fantastic subject. And uh, when we got to that point where that palm was read. It was interesting because what it, what had happened was that he was in school and he was very cocky. was a cocky kid, and there was a substitute teacher, or I can't remember if it was a teacher's assistant, but something of this ilk. And she wasn't that much older than than the kids, and she hit on him. Now he didn't remember any of this in his conscious mind, but when I but we were in trance, he he. So this teacher hit on him and he blew her off because when you're 13 years old and someone's 19 or 20 or 21, they're like an old lady to you, right? He blew her off and she, uh, in her hurt ego, g- told him that she was a palm reader, grabbed his hand and told him he was going to die of a heart attack when he was 52. Uh so this is what the circumstances were. He couldn't really remember all that in a conscious state. So then, what I did was I just brought him, I took him out of there, and I brought him forward years and years in, into his life. And he already, you know, he had kids, and and in in life, he he had a marriage, he had kids, and so I I would bring him into the future, into the future, into the future, and I kept bringing him to the the events of their life that which hadn't happened yet. So I, I took him to his kids in high school. I took him to his kids in college. I took him to, to his, their graduation, to their weddings, to the birth of their children. I took him so far into the future that he lived way beyond 52. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, and you know, it was interesting because at their wedding, tears ran down the sides of his face. His eyes were closed because he was in these beautiful moments. And then, of course, session is over. I really took my time with him, too, because I wanted him to go so far into the future that 52 was, like, young. And um, he's now, uh, I'm going to say, 62. (laughs) He doesn't ever think about that. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't ever think about it. it. I mean, it changed his entire life. Now, you and I, and anybody else that knows how the mind works, knows that... It's very possible a person could tell you such a thing, and indeed, at 52 years old, you'll die of a heart attack because you're programmed to your subconscious mind. It's very dangerous, the things people say to us and that we lock on to, and we may not even know it. So I would say that that's probably one of my favorite things that I ever worked on because it was so clear to me what I had to do, and he was such a willing subject. And it did change his life. And I've had many other great things that um, have happened. And uh, I think that that's, you know, really exciting.
0: Yeah. I mean, is there is there a story that stands that. out from the stage side that really solidified? That.
1: Oh, God. I I mean, I don't even know how many shows I've done. I really don't because I, I do hundreds of shows. I mean, I do a, a couple hundred shows a year for the first five years I did it. I do about 150 a year now because I've pulled back I'm you know, and because I, I got married and I'm at home more and want to be home more, um, and I have my theater that in Las Vegas. And so I, you know, there there are things that I I'm doing that are taking me a little bit more off the road. And I, oh, oh my God, there are so many. It's hard to even like. It's hard to even have one stand out I, because there were so many great shows, so many great things. Oh, oh I love uh, this one. Uh, guy came up and 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 his uh girlfriend he brought her up on stage and they both were um they were both uh on stage and he told me um you know sometimes people just blurt out something in a show that his wife was terrified of snakes and that uh, she wouldn't even let him wear his snakeskin boots (laughs) and i just thought that was pretty funny and so they both ended up being great volunteers on stage and um at the end of the show which um I you know I just the audience doesn't care you know they don't know what to expect so you can pretty much do anything on a stage as long as it's not terribly offensive and you know so I I put my hand on her shoulder and I at the end of the show and really just released her from the fear of, of snakes and um the audience of course is like not thinking oh well that's weird you know it's a hypnosis show they don't know what they're going to see and uh I guess about uh, half an hour later, after they got off the stage, I was just getting ready to go on for my last show of the night, and he came over and told me that he'd taken her to the snake exhibition, and she literally held a snake. Nice. Uh, and so, you know, I've done that with people with smoking on stage. I've done that with them with phobias and fears, and I love doing that in front of an audience because it really does um, make audience members go, oh, wow, you know, we're all laughing and things like and. We're laughing and we're having fun, but she's helping somebody right now, and we're witnessing it and that's that's really cool, but I do use my show in a way to I have a very funny show uh and or sometimes it's you know funny, and sometimes you know you fall on your face, but that's just <laughs> the, the nature of live performance, but I always at the end of the show take the last five minutes and make it something special for the entire audience and you know I call it the gift and and you know and I I take them to another place, so it's a it's a it's an empowering thing and but that's my choice that's the kind of show I do for me to do an adult show is not in my element it's not who I am, and I think they're great and they're funny, and I love watching them but i I would feel very strange doing adult content um so my shows are usually very family family orientated so I can Take them to a different place than, say, somebody that's doing an adult show. And like I said, I enjoy watching uh, those when they're good.
0: So People there's an element. do whatever
1: kind of hit. What? Go ahead. Uh, no, go ahead. Oh, I'm done. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kate, edit that part out. So anyway, <laughs> the wonders of technology. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so exactly. there's an element. L- let me get a clear transition there. So there's an element of being the self-starter that I love, that I want to bring this towards, which I I tell my story from my side, which was that um, it's 2009-2010. My wife and I got married in 2008. We knew we were about to have kids, and there was planning and timing and all that fun. So there's a reason why to walk down the hallways of my office, most of the certificates on the wall are from 2009-2010. Because, well, Claire was born in 2011, and I've traveled a lot less since then for that reason. Um, So that's about the time that, a couple of years ago, I started to do a lot of guest training events. And I'd bring people here into my office, which I think you may have won up that strategy, because you built the audience, you built the theater right there in your backyard.
1: Yes. That was a part of my dream, too. Uh, When I first taught hypnosis, uh, hypnosis stage training... Uh, the theater was actually inside my house. And the concept for me is that I want to get people up on that stage because the biggest thing, most people that take a hypnosis training, stage training course, they've never been on a stage. And so they are going to face the fears that I faced as somebody new getting on a stage, having people stare at me, waiting to be entertained. It's horrifying. It's terrifying. And anyone that says, oh, gosh, I never knew a minute of that, good for you. It's not likely most people are going to feel that way. Most people are going to feel stage fright. So the biggest way to me to get people over that was to get them on a stage immediately. And that's why the concept of having a theater even inside my house was important to me. And my husband and I decided that that was, you know, an element that we were going to bring to it. Then the classes started getting bigger. I started having guest teachers you know, want to teach at my theater. I only let people teach there who I think really have something special to teach people that they're not going to learn somewhere else that are unique. Uh, And we decided then that we were going, the classes were getting bigger and I teach personal development trainings called Get Your Fire Back, which are very popular. So as the classes got bigger, we decided to go ahead and build a full theater, which we did. And it, 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 comfortably only holds fifty people, but it's a full training facility it has a stage, a full sound package, a full lighting package, and we have up to three um, videos up uh, video cameras going, and they're you know all very high end video, so some even up to four k and we have everything state-of-the-art in there, and which is great because I want people to have a great training experience. I want the trainers to have a great experience, and I want the people coming to have a, a great experience. So that's why the training theater was born. And now, as I let other people come in and teach there, um, you know, Justin Trans has taught there many times. Uh, Anthony Gailey just taught there. Um, uh, Richard Barker has taught there for his, uh, what do you call it? He taught his one class there for marketing. And and uh, Terry Stokes is coming in. And you see, I, I just am so excited about this because it is such a, an experience to be trained there. It is different than anywhere else you're going to go because the classes cannot be that big. You are going to get one-on-one, hands-on, let me say, experience. You're not going to be lost in a crowd. You're going to be together all the time because once you get on the compound, the gates close and you are there from morning till night. And you're together. So it's a very bonding experience. You're also dealt with a very hands-on approach from every teacher that comes there, including myself. And you're going to leave there having had a, a much different experience than anywhere else you're going to train. And I really say that with confidence. So...
0: And I can definitely back that up, that you and I met uh, when I attended with Anthony Gailey out there uh, just Mm -hmm. back in February, and the real experience of this is not just a training location. It's a true training event where everything from uh, welcome reception the night before, the snacks, the meals throughout the day, and how I've never seen, and yes, we can credit Anthony for a huge part of that for an outstanding course yet it's where at the end of a training, the the in a longer training, you usually see this happen more frequently, where it becomes this big kind of family atmosphere by the end of the entire week of training. Um, you had solidified that by the lunch break on the first day.
1: <laughs> Thank you. And, yeah. and you know, really, that's, the, that's the goal. Because <laughs> you, you know, when you have a two day course, you're not going to have a week. But one thing I've, I've, experienced myself in taking trainings in other places was that, you know, you have a fifteen minute break and twelve minutes of it is waiting in line to get coffee.
0: Right. <laughs>
1: and, you know, trying to get to the bathroom and, you know, trying to find somewhere to eat at lunch and people go off and it gets a little clicky because people go off into groups. But what I love about training at my place and it's happened with every trainer we've had, um and myself included, you know, is that people are together, they eat together, they study together, they laugh together. They they're they're in a very tight environment of there's a lot of it sounds so corny, but there's a lot of love in that training because people I haven't yet in all the trainings there not once, which is amazing. I have not experienced a problematic personality which can really disrupt uh, a training to the point of other people just ruining it for them, that experience. I think too, that that's because we end up vetting the people that sign up. We really vet them, you know, and we, we make sure, you know, that this is going to be a great experience for everybody. So I, I can't tell you. And also it, Anthony's Anthony Gailey had an amazing group. I mean, he really did that. They were extraordinary people. And, um, and that was really, a good, you know, and I was really happy to meet you at, finally, Jason. And you know, and it was just really, it's so great. If anybody is going to train, I just hope it's, it's at, it's, it's at my theater because it really is a, an incredible experience.
0: Well, it's coming up next month. Uh, share a little bit about the upcoming event with Terry Stokes.
1: Well, I am so thrilled to have Terry Stokes finally teach because he's only done. You know, he, he he he's only appeared at other people's trainings or, you know, he's just spoken for a little bit at other trainings. And then when you were all in um, Las Vegas a few weeks ago at the event you were at and Terry was at and a, a lot of other people, I think he actually had a like a half an hour or an hour, I'm not really sure, you know, with people. And people really enjoyed that. But about two weeks or three weeks prior to that, he had come over to my house to discuss with me the possibility of of a training seminar at my theater. Well, Terry was one of the very first people I met when I moved to Las Vegas uh, many years ago, and um, I just respect him so much because he is, I call him the godfather because he, he really has been doing this for so long, and I loved his whole persona. I mean, he would get dressed in a tux for his show. He had a drink in his hand. That was his persona, you know, And but it was a definite, and and it was actually Terry. So Terry was being Terry, and uh, his material was always really fantastic. And it wasn't long after I met him that I started, and I, I always go see as many shows as I can of other hypnotists. I love going to see shows. But I started realizing that a lot of the things people were doing were originally Terry Stokes material, including a lot of the material that I was doing, because we all do the same thing. We see or get inspired by what we see somebody else do, and then we do a version of it, or we do the same thing, you know, or this just is the way it is. When you're first starting out, that's, you know, that's how it goes. And I began to really think, God, I mean, this man is the originator of almost all of the stuff that we do, other than our signature pieces that we create, which is not easy to do, because nobody teaches us how to do that. And I think more people would have original material if someone taught us how to do it. And so when Terry came to talk to me, I wasn't sure what it was that he had in his mind, but when he told me that it was to, he wanted people that are already doing shows or that are already trained hypnotists and that they are going to get up on the stage but they but they really didn't know how to create material routines i got so excited by this um because i would love to take that class and i will take this class i will not only will i run this and and host this but i will be in that class because This is the one thing nobody teaches. Nobody. And if they did, would they be qualified like he would be? So I got very excited by this. And I know that this is something we all need. So, you know, there's a lot of trainings out there to take, and each one of them will have a a purpose. But if there's any money that you're going to spend right (laughs) now, if you're already out there doing it, It's to better your show, and that's why he's calling it Better Your Best, because we're all out there, of course, doing shows, and we're doing the best we can. But how awesome would it be if we were doing more original material that we were coming up with because someone is teaching us how and why and what makes it funny? And um, I'm very excited by this. So that's what Terry Stokes' training is going to be, and um, I'm super excited about taking this class.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and that's coming up. That's going to be on. I'm checking the dates here because I am known to quote things. Uh, incorrectly. May 16th
1: and 17th, right? Yes. Which I
0: thought was brilliant. That uh, that you know, I'm going to be out there too for that and to to look yep. at. Wait a minute, that's the prom party season with high schools. Oh wait, it's a Tuesday, Wednesday. Oh, they thought this through. <laughs> yeah, uh, cause sure because sure enough, I wrap up. Yeah, I wrap up a couple of shows on. Uh, Sunday morning, the 14th, and then uh, later that afternoon, Happy Mother's Day, then fly out. Uh, So perfect timing and details for that are over at uh, TerryStokesLive.com. We'll put links to that in the show notes. And there's actually a photo of your training area, uh, specifically one photo from outside that I snapped, I think over a break, uh, which again, you come back to you're you're in the long term training and there's the theme of go off, run off, do your own thing. But there was a break where it was only like a 10 minute break during the class. And there's Anthony and there's everybody in the class just sitting around the pool over a break, continuing the conversation of the class. And then formally going back inside. So looking forward to that, that kind of one-to-one experience with, uh, with Terry in this uh, unique course all about learning the, the creative process of how do you come up with your own stage persona and your own material, too. Definitely needed.
1: Right. And another thing that's really great about this is that, you know, all your food is, your breakfast is in there, your lunch is in there, your snacks, your water, your coffee. I mean, you spend a lot of money on this stuff when you're at a training in Las Vegas. Um, one of the reasons we also love the midweek experience was because the the South Point Hotel, which is right across the street, and we shuttle people um, from there to my house. It's only a five-minute or less drive. And um, so you're not spending a lot of money on food and you're not spending a lot of money on transportation. Um, and you're, you're, the only meal you're going to be responsible for is dinner. And, um, if you recall people were so full from all the food they ate all day and yeah. snacks and nobody, nobody even <laughs> wanted dinner. You know what I mean? They were like, I can't eat anymore. And they, but what's great is then you go see a show at night. Um, and it's just a, you know, there's, so in addition to the fact that the curriculum is going to be great, and Terry is doing something really interesting for everybody that is coming to this training, is uh, he's going to review your show He's not, you know before the training, not during the training, because obviously, but he's going to have you send him your show, and he's going to uh, critique it, and he's mm-hmm. going to pick it apart in a good way, not for any other reason except to say, this is this. You're going to do this. We're going to change this. This is what you need. You know what I mean? It's a. It's a, It's to better your show. Exactly. And so you know, he's he's spending a lot of time prior to this training, going through people's shows, and you know, seeing or even afterwards, what we all too, do. He had offered too, and uh, well, and afterwards too, of yeah. course, because depending on how many people, of course, some will be before and some will be after. But the point is, is that. It is such an amazing opportunity for you to really get your show into the best shape it can possibly be and experience this, this training um, situation that we're talking about. It's just so unique.
0: Yeah, and again, that's coming up in May 2017. Details at TerryStokesLive.com. Though, Catherine, where can people find out more about you online?
1: They can go to catherine hickland dot com that's c a t h e r i n e h i c k l a n d uh dot com and uh you can find out more about me there and i really look forward to people coming and i get to one thing i love about this is getting to meet a lot of other hypnotists which for me is really fun you know just meet people i only know a little picture from facebook on and and um getting to meet great people like you, Jason. It's, you know, this is part of the unique and wonderful thing of owning this theater and, and getting to meet all of these great people.
0: Awesome. Jason Lynette here, and as always, thank you so much for interacting with this program. Thanks so much for heading over to iTunes and leaving your review for this program, leaving your commentary on the Facebook threads, on the WorkSmart Hypnosis page, and I'd take this time to share the stage, as it were, uh, by inviting you to join Catherine Terry Stokes, and I'll be there as a student myself, at uh, the Better Your Best Training with Terry Stokes. Terry Stokes is a stage hypnosis legend, and many of the working pros that are out there really really building this profession are standing on Terry's shoulders so the creativity that you'll be learning his process in terms of how do you develop your stage character the the real thing that's bringing me to this event is to get inside of his writing process how do you craft your own unique program with your own unique routines in such a way that I mean you hop on any Facebook group you hop on any uh conversation about stage hypnosis and the dialogue is all of this. Oh, people are bottom feeders. They're doing shows for $300, $400. I can't compete with that. When the answer is my friends, yes, you can. And the way you do that is you become your own original. In previous podcast sessions, I referenced the book, uh, So Good They Can't Ignore You which the book is good. I really recommend reading it, though the title of it gives you enough to get the right idea. Uh, And that's the business mechanism where I'm in an area where people are charging a whole lot less than I am in terms of hypnotherapy sessions. My fees are at times three times higher than some of the others, And the way that I do that is the whole mindset of building my business in such a way that the phrase is so good they can't ignore you. And that's what I'm looking to get as a takeaway to really enhance my corporate presentations, my stage hypnosis presentations. That's what I'm looking to learn from Terry Stokes. So, inviting you to. Sit there with me. Head over to TerryStokesLive.com. Get all the details for that upcoming event. As Catherine referenced, it's an incredible learning atmosphere and definitely a savings as hotels are affordable nearby, transportation back and forth, breakfast, lunch, snacks. She classes it up. TerryStokesLive.com. See you in Vegas. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast at WorkSmartHypnosis.com.